This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, April 18th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week, Association Between Daily Alcohol Intake and Risk of All-Cause Mortality, is in JAMA Network Open. This updated systematic review and meta-analysis found that among occasional or low-volume drinkers, there was no significantly reduced risk of all-cause mortality compared with lifetime non-drinkers. The study did find an increased risk of all-cause mortality for drinkers who drink more than 25 grams per day and a significantly increased risk when drinking 45 grams or more daily. Additionally, a larger risk of all-cause mortality was found for women compared to men when drinking 25 grams or more per day. Next is a study in JAMA Psychiatry titled Association of Receipt of Opioid Use Disorder-Related Telehealth Services and Medications for Opioid Use Disorder with Fatal Drug Overdoses Among Medicare Beneficiaries Before and During the COVID-19 Pandemic. In this cohort study, receipt of opioid use disorder-related telehealth services and receipt of medications for opioid use disorder during the pandemic were associated with reduced odds for fatal drug overdose, demonstrating the potential benefit of continuing these services. A new study in behavior therapy is titled Development of Mobile Contingency Management for Cannabis Use Reduction. In this pilot study, the authors conducted a sequential cohort study to evaluate a mobile contingency management program for cannabis use. The overall goal of this program was the reduction in cannabis use. In each cohort, the authors found statistically significant decreases in both days of use and grams used. A subsequent trial is planned to evaluate potential effects of reduction in cannabis use on functional and mental health. Next, we have a study in translational psychiatry titled Interaction Between Maternal Immune Activation and Parapubital Stress in Rats. This study used a double-hit rat model combining maternal immune activation and parapubital stress to study cocaine addiction and the underlying neurobehavioral alterations. Maternal immune activation facilitated the acquisition of cocaine self-administration and increased the motivation for the drug. However, parapubital stress reduced cocaine intake an effect that was reversed in rats with both maternal immune activation and parapubital stress. These results describe an unprecedented interplay between maternal immune activation and stress on neurodevelopment and the susceptibility to cocaine addiction. A new study in clinical toxicology is titled Opioid Overdoses Involving Xylazine in Emergency Department Patients. Out of over 300 patients included in this study, 28% tested positive for xylazine, and 82.6% received naloxone. While cardiovascular-related outcomes were uncommon, xylazine-negative patients were more likely to have the events. Xylazine exposure was also associated with lower odds of coma within four hours and cardiac arrest. The authors hypothesized that the lower odds of these outcomes in xylazine-positive patients may be due to lower opioid concentrations in xylazine-adulterated drugs. The next study is in clinical medicine titled Nitrous Oxide Misuse. This paper from the United Kingdom reports on two cases of thrombosis as a result of nitrous oxide misuse. A 2021 drug use survey in the United Kingdom found that 10% had used nitrous oxide in the past year. Thrombosis associated with nitrous oxide was reported in 2017 and is believed to result from homocysteine accumulation resulting from altered B12 function. The authors note that nitrous oxide is often perceived as harmless, 
and suggest public education about the risks of nitrous oxide misuse. Our next article, titled Duration of Medication for Opioid Use Disorder During Pregnancy and Postpartum by Race and Ethnicity, is in Drug and Alcohol Dependence. This descriptive study of Medicaid-enrolled women with opioid use disorder compared receipt, duration, and type of medications for opioid use disorder during pregnancy and the first 12 months postpartum. In six state Medicaid programs, racial and ethnic inequities were found in receipt and duration of medications for opioid use disorder during these periods. A higher percentage of white non-Hispanic women had any of these medications during this time. Our final article, titled Original Research, Nurses' Self-Assessed Knowledge, Attitudes, and Educational Needs Regarding Patients with Substance Use Disorder, is an American Journal of Nursing. This study used Facebook to recruit nurses, providing direct patient care in a hospital setting. The findings show that, in general, hospital nurses have negative attitudes towards patients with substance use disorder. Nurses working in mental health units had significantly more positive attitudes. Also, older nurses had significantly more positive attitudes as well. Many nurses saw substance use disorder as an intentional choice rather than a chronic illness. The authors conclude that there is a need for empathy-based nursing education. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ACM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and ACM.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back.